0: Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. We're still studying prophecy. You remember the king's dream of the great statue, the head of gold, the chest of silver, the belly and thighs of brass, the legs of iron. Now it's interesting that there were two legs in there, both iron and... um, Pagan Rome became Papal Rome, but they were both Rome, and the feet were clay and iron mixed with iron. And not only does that include our time, but future as well. And this great statue told the order of the events of the nations that would rule universally. So we're going to look at these characteristics of these five great universal kingdoms prophetically And you can see, if you know history, that they happened exactly as the king's dream. And the king had his dream. It was 607 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar had that dream. And yet, that was 600 years before Christ. More than 600 years before Christ. And uh, we can see that it all fell in place exactly as the Lord said in the prophecy. And then he had Daniel explain it to him. So this is the beginning of the study of, of Daniel and how that in Revelation, the angel had the little book open in his hand. Why? Because at that time, they were starting to understand Daniel, the book of Daniel, which was closed because the angel told Daniel to close it up for this time until the end, time of the end. And at the time of the end, it became opened by the early Advent movement. So we're going to start studying this, and let's ask the Lord's guidance. Dear Jesus, we can do nothing without you. I pray you'd open our understanding. And if I say something wrong, or leave something out, or say something I shouldn't, I pray that your Spirit would convict the listener, help them to understand it rightly. Thank you, Lord. That's your Spirit is what helps all of us. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to begin with Daniel chapter 2, verse 35. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. how the stone came out of nowhere and hit that statue on the feet, didn't it? Right in our time. Jesus is coming soon and that will be that his kingdom will take over everything and be the only kingdom there will be. Every kingdom represented in the end of time. So let's go to Habakkuk 1, verse 6. Or Habakkuk, however you pronounce that. Let's see, I'm just going to find Habakkuk. That's a tiny little, there it is. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Chapter 1, verse 6. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Verse 11. Now this was 626 BC, okay? So this was um, like 20 years after Nebuchadnezzar had that dream. Okay, so verse 11. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing that this, his power, unto his God. Ooh, that's exactly what he did, didn't he? He thought it was his God that gave him power over Jerusalem. Let's read Daniel chapter 4, 28 to 31. Chapter 4, 28 to 31. All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelve months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. The leading sins of Babylon pride in exalting man rather than God. Let's read about that in Prophets and Kings, page 501 and 502. Hundreds of years before certain nations came upon the stage of action, the Omniscient One looked down the ages and predicted the rise and fall of the universal kingdoms. God declared to Nebuchadnezzar that the kingdom of Babylon should fall, and a second kingdom would arise, which also would have its period of trial. Failing to exalt the true God, its glory would fade, and a third kingdom would occupy its place. This also would pass away, and a fourth, strong as iron, would subdue the nations of the world. Had the rulers of Babylon, that richest of all earthly kingdoms, kept always before them the fear of Jehovah, they would have been given wisdom and power, which would have bound them to him and kept them strong, but they made God their refuge only when harassed and perplexed. At such times, failing to find help in their great men, they would sought it for men like Daniel men who they knew honored the living God and were honored by him. To these men they appealed to unravel the mysteries of providence. For though the rulers of proud Babylon were men of the highest intellect, they had separated themselves so far from God by transgression that they could not understand the revelations and the warnings given them concerning the future. In the history of nations, the student of God's word may behold the literal fulfillment of divine prophecy Babylon, shattered and broken at last, passed away because in prosperity its rulers had regarded themselves as independent of God and had ascribed the glory of their kingdom to human achievement. The Medo-Persian realm was visited by the wrath of heaven because in it God's law had been trampled underfoot. The fear of the Lord had found no place in the hearts of the vast majority of the people. Wickedness, blasphemy, and corruption prevailed. The kingdoms that followed were even more base and corrupt, and these sank lower and still lower in the scale of moral worth as represented by the the lesser value of the metals of the dream. The power exercised by every ruler on the earth is heaven imparted, and upon his use of the power thus bestowed, his success depends. To each the word of the divine watcher is, I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. And to each the words spoken to Nebuchadnezzar of old are the lessons of life. Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquillity. To understand these things, to understand that righteousness exalts a nation, that the throne is established by righteousness and upholden by mercy, to recognize the outworking of these principles in the manifestation of his power, who removes kings and sets up kings, this is to understand the philosophy of history in the Word of God only. Is this clearly set forth, here it is shown that the strength of nations as of individuals is not found in the opportunities or facilities that appear to make them invisible. It's not found in their boasted greatness. It's measured by the fidelity with which they fulfill God's promise.